0: Welcome to the podcast m and a War Stories. You're joined by your hosts Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week we walk through our experiences of M&A projects where we've been involved and we unpack the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose is simply to leave you with valuable lessons that you can use in your M&A projects. So let's not waste any more time and get this podcast underway. So what a great surprise. I am joined today by a real-life bona fide actor. London-trained actor Dale Stevens is joining us. And Dale uses her creativity to develop vastly different characters. Uh, she's played the role of an assassin in Mission Possible as a detective in Blue Healers, But today, she prefers to use that creativity to grow the influence in the people that she coaches. She uses her extensive experience in theatre, film and TV to inform her unique approach to coaching, where she emphasises the importance of presence in creating powerful messaging that inspires new behaviours. Dale, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Rob. I'm so excited to be here. I've listened to your podcast and I think they're brilliant. So I'm so glad to be participating.
0: Thank you for those kind words. Now, we've spoken before, and you and I got onto the topic of inspirational leaders, and we've decided that that's a great topic for a podcast, and it's one of your areas of expertise, of course. So let me kick off. I mean, we've both had experience of what we call inspirational leaders, but let's try and clarify that for the people listening. What is an inspirational leader in your view?
1: Well, this is such an interesting question because I think there's a difference between people that inspire us and inspirational leaders. And I think when we're inspired, we can feel uh, uplifted and motivated and wonderful, but it doesn't necessarily inspire action. And inspiring leaders inspire action because just the feeling goes away. But if they inspire action, then you gain something from that action, then puts you along the road of inspiration yourself. I could give you an example if you like. Yeah, please. Well, this was an extraordinary thing. I was um, six years old and I'd never studied ballet or dance or into anything really in that area. And I saw a performance of Alice in Wonderland performed by Kathleen Gorham. And that two-hour performance totally changed my life. I saw her performance. I wanted to learn ballet and I wanted to learn it from her. And that was a a pivoting point in my life. And one experience of watching her do that performance made me become um, a dancer, then a model, an actor. All my creative life came through that one two-hour experience. So she inspired action for the rest of my life.
0: That's fascinating because, uh, and I, I like the way you described it right up front, it's there are many people out there that can make you feel good, but that feeling doesn't last long. It, it it dissipates. But people that can make you feel good and inspire you to action, to actually do something, that's what we're really talking about in terms of inspirational leaders.
1: Yes, yes. Now,
0: when you and I were talking, we were sharing all sorts of different examples and most people can come up with examples of people they know that are inspirational leaders but the question you and I were toying with was uh, can you make an inspirational leader or are they born that way?
1: I love this question it's my favorite question because it's the biggest myth around that leaders are born Well, when we're born, we can't even speak. So I would say that we're not natural speakers. We're not natural leaders. We really sit there and eat and poop and sleep. So are we natural born leaders? I don't think so. I think that so it's a combination of nurture and environment, but I believe anyone with the desire. To be inspirational can be an inspirational leader because there are techniques that, and the ones that we think are born that way have developed the techniques along the way and it becomes natural. And so anyone who that's not natural for can learn those techniques and then can be inspirational leader but in their own way. A lot of people think you have to be bold and loud and charismatic and all those things, but a lot of times the leaders can be incredibly quiet.
0: So so we've concluded that you're not born that way. You develop those skills. Some people do so because of the environment and the influences that uh, they're, they're faced with. But you actually can help people become inspirational leaders. But the message I heard in the middle of all of that was you need to be true to yourself as well. So you can't be pretending to be something that you're not. You need to learn the techniques to be inspirational. Is that a fair summary?
1: Definitely, and so really your inspirational style uh, becomes uncovered and and then developed. So it is definitely you, and inspirational leaders have influence, and if we really think about it, we all have influence. We all influence everyone around us 24-7. We influence our family, we influence our co-workers, our energy levels can lift people up or unfortunately squash them down. So in our family, in our community, in our work, we are always influencing people. And the difference with influential leaders is they choose to do it intentionally.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. And the, the other thing, of course, that we talked about was that most people can conjure up the idea of an inspirational leader, probably from an experience that they've had or something of that nature. But we talked about it last time that Inspirational leaders, they're not all the same. There's different categories of them. And some leaders are only influential at the board level and within their small circle of direct reports, whereas others can be pervasive across the whole organization. They're able to influence everybody from the shop floor all the way up to the uh, the operating board. Uh, is, is that the same sort of experience you've seen?
1: Definitely, and it is really one of the major keys to transformation. Communication is like the lifeblood of an organisation, and if it doesn't get to the extremities, then you're in big trouble. And so the the leaders, you've got the CEO, the heartbeat pumping out that excitement and clarity of message and confidence that we're going to make it there, and then you've got the other influences, which... If you can mobilise them, they'll be carrying the nutrients around to the whole organisation. Then you want to get communication coming back from every area so it's a conversation. And then if that's pumping through the whole organisation, then everyone will be speaking with the one voice and on the same page.
0: So one of the traits that I'm hearing of inspirational leaders is that they develop a cohort of other rising inspirational people in the business that help vocalise that message, the excitement in the business and keep that communication flowing across all levels of the business. Is that a fair comment?
1: Definitely, definitely. That's exactly it. And because I've been watching recently The Last Dance and basically the whole team uh, were, were a motivational force but in their own different personalities
0: No, and I can relate to that as well in that my experiences of a gentleman called Les Heyman, who was the president and CEO of SAP in Asia Pacific, and he would fit into the category of inspirational leader. But he also inspired other people and gave them the freedom to be inspirational themselves. So to your point, as a management team, as a, a leadership team, we all drew energy almost from Les and through that was able to pass that energy through to all the people that we influenced across the business. And, and it was a very successful
1: process. Yes, and you did mention um, when we were speaking a, a fantastic example of um, how he did that for you with, when he threw you in the deep end. in the uh, room.
0: Yeah, well, that was... That was classic of Les, so we had a quarterly leadership meeting, and normally he'd walk in, and Les would be sitting at the head of the table, and his notes and everything would be there, and we'd just walk in, take a seat, and off we go and I walked in one particular day, and Les was sitting part way down the table, and I said, "Ah, oh, got the right place, Les leadership team?" and he went, "Yeah, yeah, that's correct." And I said, "Oh." Um, you're normally sitting down the end here. And he said, yeah, but I've decided I want to sit here now. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, because you're sitting there. And I said, oh, okay. I said, well, I can, I can sit at the end of the table. He said, no, you don't understand. He said, you're chairing the meeting today. And I went, oh, uh, okay. Right, fair enough. I can, I can run a meeting. That's all right. How do you want me to refer to you if, you know, there's important decisions to be made. And he said, you won't, you'll make them. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah, okay, right. And, you know, everybody else came in and had a good laugh at the fact that I was dumped right in the middle of it and running the show. We got partway through the meeting and there was a fairly decision and it was a decision that was going to involve a lot of impact on the business that had to be made. And we've gone round the table, we've had conversations, and I then looked to Les and I said, so, Les, perhaps we can wrap this up with your thoughts and your uh, your ideas. And he just sat there and said, no. He said, I think I've made my thoughts and ideas heard as part of the general conversation, Robert, so the call's yours. And yeah. he <laughs> Forced me almost to then make a decision for the business. And when we got through that meeting. I immediately went into his office afterwards and I said, how did I do? And he said, yeah, not bad. He did. Okay. It was pretty good. And I said, well, what about those decisions? I said, were they the right ones? And he said, well, they're not the decisions I would have made. And I said, oh God, uh, you know, so what happens if it goes wrong? And he just smiled and looked at me and he said, then you'll be accountable for it. (laughs) I've never forgotten that experience. And what's more, there's been a number of times since then when I've been in sticky situations and I hope people listening can understand what I'm going to say here. I've actually had Les almost sitting on my shoulder and all of those years of, coaching and learning from his experience he's there whenever i need him and i can draw on it and i can manage the most difficult situations you'd ever come across simply because of his leadership and his coaching so yeah that was that was an example from from my past
1: I love it. So brilliant. I mean, just exquisite, really. It's an exquisite example. And I know what you're saying because with with my ballet teacher, who I did end up learning ballet from, and I mean, she was so extraordinary because she could tell if you'd practised For half an hour. So she wasn't into who was the thinnest or who was the most talented. If you practiced, she would tell you, she'd say, That girl's practiced. And she used to scream and carry on. And I think, I don't know whether people would be, but so did Michael Jordan. So that's a different style. But people like Kathleen Gorham and Michael Jordan, they they didn't expect you to do anything that they hadn't done 10 times before. And I think that there's that aspect of it, that, you know, they they go 100% and then if they ask 70% of you, then- You deliver. Yeah, Yeah. you deliver, exactly. And another, I had a great acting coach as well who said something which I really loved, which he said, and this is around the area of confidence because I think confidence is a really big area. Uh, Confidence versus arrogance. Arrogance is disastrous. It's all ego and very problematic, But confidence, you need to be confident in your own ability, confidence in where you're going, confidence in your team. And what he said, which I really loved, was he said, you've got to love the art in you, not you in the art.
0: Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's got to come from you. It's from your core. And by the way, that also takes me to another thought around inspirational leaders there are some people who put into an inspirational environment where you've got inspirational leaders just don't fit and the quickest thing they can do is get out of there because it's not they're not the, they're not receptive to those sort of people and it's wrong to say that everybody in an inspirational environment is extrovert as well they're not necessarily but you've at least got to be open to feeding off that inspirational leader that energy that charisma whatever it may be and the other thing that's occurred to me while we've been talking is we talked about the fact that people like this born that way you can make people that way but like acting you can't just do it once and then wait until your next film and then i'll write, i'll do it again now professionals like actors professionals like senior managers they are practicing this skill all the time, right? And it's a technique of continuous improvement. You're forever honing that skill so that whilst at the beginning it might feel a bit clunky and a bit awkward, the more times you do it, the more it becomes natural and part of your DNA. And I think in actors certainly i'm guessing here but you can help me clarify this i think in actors and i think the same thing applies to senior managers you learn to be able to compartmentalize that and switch it on and off is that is that fair is that a fair assessment
1: well, I definitely um, uh, with you one hundred percent on the I- incremental in- improvement and constant, yep. constantly developing. Switching it on and off, I-, I think that we're we're always behaving differently in different situations. So. And I think
0: that's what that's what I mean. It was probably the wrong thing to say to say switch it on and off. That's not what I was saying. You're able to adapt it to different scenarios and situations, so it's not. You're not just seeing the same record being played every single time you see it. You, you can morph it to suit the scenario and the environment that you're in.
1: Definitely. And I think the point, a point that you're bringing up, which is really interesting, is it becomes different if you're present. If you're present in the moment, it will be different. Yep. Because yep. if we had this conversation um, in an hour, we would be saying different things. We're having a different conversation because you're different. You're not sort of doing quickie cutter every time I say this, every time I say that, every time I say the other. So it's being present in the moment. And that's one of the the strongest indicators of inspiring leadership is the ability to be present in the moment with the people that you're with and and also hyper-aware So hyper aware of what's going on with them and what's going on with you. It's almost like a bubble. I mean, I do when when I'm coaching people to present, I always say, look, start off with welcome and act like it's a big hug. So you're actually containing the energy. So I think a lot of it is how you manage energy.
0: I would agree. And I'm pleased you said what you just said, because I was going to say, let's talk about what you mean by being present. And, And you're right. It's that ability to exclude all external factors. You are in the moment. You are connected with your audience. You are aware of the energy in the audience and the way the audience is responding. And you're adjusting your approach. You're almost feeding off the audience at the same time in in terms of your delivery. And that's so critical because if you're not, there, then you're not genuine for a start. And without doing disservice to your profession, if you're not doing that, you're acting, right? Yes. And and yes. people people can spot if you're acting, if you're not being you. So inspirational leaders have got, yes, they've got this charisma. Yes, they've got this, this ability to be in the moment, but they all are also genuine about who they are. It's it's not it's not an act. It's not a uh, performance that they just switch on because ah oh, I've got to talk to these people so I'll do this. It, it it is there's a there's a genuine element in it.
1: That is so fascinating. You should say that because I think that's exactly it. And this is where communication is moving. So communication used to be more about a performance and about oh what an inspiring person or weren't they exciting and oh weren't they brilliant and it's moving from performance to a conversation and now it's about a conversation so there's no performing really anymore that's valuable performance has a very limited value whereas a conversation it's see conversation starts a relationship yes so yep. your communication, every speech, every Zoom call, every, everything is a conversation. When you do videos, I post a lot of videos, one-minute videos on LinkedIn, and the intent of it is to start a conversation. And consequently, when I speak to people on Zoom after they've watched my videos, they already know who I am because I've started the conversation. So yep. all communication is a conversation, and conversations are what creates the culture.
0: Brilliant. I love it because, again, a performance then becomes a one-way thing. You sit there, I'm going to perform, you watch. Conversation is engaging. It's two-way. You're bringing the audience in to that conversation. So I'm going to take this another level now. So you do this now as a profession. You help people to to do this. So uh, if you can, give me a typical journey of somebody that's you know, come in that you might say is lacking communication skills, they're probably rising through the leadership ranks because of their technical expertise, either they're a good accountant or they're a good salesperson, but how do you transform them into inspirational leaders from there? Well,
1: there's one particular gentleman that pops into my mind who is an accountant And he's been a very successful accountant for very many years. And he was suggested to me because his presentations were less than inspiring. And he came and his presentation was like this, very formal, very professional. We've been around for 60 years and we do a lot of very good work for our clients. And let me show you some numbers. And we have look after this industry and that industry. Are you bored yet?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: And by the time I worked with him, could give him different um, techniques to come from the heart and to see in pictures and to describe and not explain and to have a structure for his speech. He started off with, for us, it's really all about families and creating a legacy for the family so that they can leave stuff for their children. And then yeah. he described his uh, clients and the way he described them was quite frankly poetic. And then at the end, he said, "We every year we go to Ronald McDonald House and we cook for the families there and we eat with them, and it's it's a really precious time in in our calendar."
0: Yeah, and um, you can almost do that without even mentioning anything to do with finance or being an accountant to some degree. Because what you're tuning in, in into is is people's empathy and their feelings, and you're bringing the audience into you into, as you say, into the conversation.
1: That's so true. And with the when he was describing his clients, what was so great about that is he could. Describe what he had done for them and how well they were doing, but also he could describe how much he cared about them. So someone watching would go, "Oh, if I'm his client, he's going to care like that for me."
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what you do. You think he's talking about me? I, I like this. He's talking about me. I could be one of his clients. So yeah, it's that's exactly
1: I, it.
0: Exactly. The other thing that's the other thing that's just popped into my head as well, going back to Les. Les used to tell jokes, to emphasise things, and people remembered them for years. I, I'm just going to talk about the chicken, the chicken joke, and it, it, there was a message behind this uh, for all senior leaders. But he it was he was at a major conference, several thousand people in the audience, and he came on stage and he was supposed to do a corporate speech. And the first thing he said was, "I just want to do a survey." how many people have traveled regularly and people put their hands up and he said, yeah. And he said, how many people have the, the wives complain about the amount of travel they do? And, yeah. and he said, yeah, same for me. He said, he said, you know, president and CEO, I'm, I'm on the road all the time. I'm traveling internationally. He said, and my wife, I got home one night and he said, my wife was, rah, rah, rah at me, mean, I said, I said, Victoria, you're just going to have to get used to this. This is the job I do. What you need to do is find yourself a hobby. He said, and that, that just stopped the conversation. He said, and, you know, I, I went off to work the next day. He said, a few weeks later, I came back home from a business trip, walked in. He said, there was chickens running around in the yard. And I said, Victoria, there's chickens running around all over the place. And she said, yes, Les, you said I should get a hobby, so I've taken up chicken farming. And he said, you know that time when you you want to give your wife some advice and you know you're going to be wrong? He said, I turned around to her and I said, but Veronica, this isn't going to work. You've got two cockerels and only one hen. And she said, yes, I know, Les, but one of them travels a lot. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my gosh that's brilliant I love and
0: it the audience just erupted in laughter <laughs> and the next thing you heard was ladies and gentlemen my name's Les Heyman and welcome to the conference <laughs> and that was that's got to be 30 years ago at least and yeah. a number of people that I talked to that were in his leadership team will say do you remember the chicken joke yeah yeah
1: <laughs> Yes, it is. It's just that humanity. It's just so so wonderful. There is another one of the women I worked with. She's extraordinary. Her name's um, Dr. Bronwyn King, and she was an oncologist. Mm-hmm. And she found out that her she was investing through her super fund in tobacco, and she realised that that wasn't a very good thing considering she was devoted her life to cure curing people of cancer. And so she was going to do a TED Talk. And so I coached her for it. And she was so brilliant that she got over 3 million views and her company has got $1.3 trillion moved out of tobacco investment.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah, you see, that's inspiring people to change. That's inspiring change. And that brings us right back to where we started is that, Inspiration isn't just about making someone feel good. It's about making them feel good and inspiring them to action of some sort. Yes. And and that's the real quality and outcome of teaching someone to uh, have the attributes of inspiration as part of their character.
1: Yes, Uh, and with, with her, there was a doctor who saw her speak once and followed her and became part of her yep. after listening to her once so it's incredibly powerful the the power of the spoken word and doing things yourself i think that sometimes leaders arrive at leadership and i think that leading is doing something before someone else <laughs> so
0: yeah yeah
1: and, and that's where the videos, I don't think that leaders are using videos and, look, they don't have the training and the technique, so I understand, but the idea of them speaking through video to their people on a regular basis, starting that conversation, that's one way where leaders can, can lead because they want their, their people to be doing videos and talking back to them and talking to their customers and doing all that. So I think that that's an area that leaders uh, could be leading
0: where they're not. Well, that's an observation that I, I think that I can agree with as well. Across the course of my career, I've seen some very good people who have moved up and up and up an organization into quite senior positions of leadership and responsibility. But on that journey, they've never really had any formal uh, training or coaching. Who arrive there, they've either been in the right place at the right time, or they are really good technically. Their technical skills exceptional, and they stand out for that. And I had a—it's a, 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 it's a, it's a twenty-second explanation. Senior leader that I know came into an organisation as a sales guy, rose up the ranks. And suddenly found himself as the CEO of Asia Pacific. And I, I was actually in that organization and I was going past his office one day and he called, called me out. He went, Rob, Rob, have you got a minute? I said, Yeah, sure. And I went in his office and he said, Can you close the door a sec? I thought, oh cracky, what's the matter? You know. So I shut the door and he turned around and he went, What am I supposed to do? I said, what do you mean? And he said, "I'm in the big chair now, and I've, I've got now I've got responsibility for IT and HR and legal and you know governance and what am I supposed to do?" And now he's grown into that role and he's doing a fantastic job now. But that was a great example of someone that had never had any guidance or coaching, and there's hundreds out there. So. Let's just bring this to a close. Let's talk to those senior leaders, those aspiring managers out there that are moving up the chain and feel that they could benefit from becoming more inspirational. What's your three takeaways?
1: Well, I would say firstly is to develop yourself. That's Get training, get the training that is going to take you to the next level in your communication. I would say be present. Really, as you were saying, like block out everything else that's going on when you speak to someone. Be hyper aware of what's going on with them. And also when you're doing a presentation, you want to answer three questions. What do you want them to think? What do you want them to feel? And what do you want them to do? And the other thing I would say is embrace video. Embrace yep. video as the start in conversation in a relationship.
0: Excellent. Now, I'm guessing that all of those facets are part of the coaching that you normally do with clients, and so we'll make sure that we've posted your details on the podcast when it goes to where. Um, I'm delighted with this conversation, it's been great. I think, you know, takeaways from me, inspirational leaders aren't necessarily born. You can learn to be an inspirational leader. What inspirational leaders are pervasive, they work across the entire organization, not just one factor of it. It is not dependent on your profession, so it's not something that only salespeople can do. Accountants can be inspirational leaders as well. And as we've said, be yourself because you you need to be genuine in this. Be present, be in the moment, and if nothing else, gain professional coaching as part of your leadership development journey.
1: Beautiful, beautiful. And to encapsulate that a bit, what I would say is the smartest thing you can do is to leverage your own personality.
0: Brilliant. I think that's a great close. Dale Stevens. thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure and I'm sure we will talk again at some point in time.
1: Wonderful. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much.